Hi, my name is Russell, and I'm pretty sure I have one of the greatest jobs in the world. I work at the video store, the one just down the road from you that you can go to once a week whenever it is movie night. I really love this job because when the store is quiet, I get to watch movies and series all day long and talk about them with my friends that work here. Today, I did a shift with Cole and Gad. It was uh, a good a goodie. We got into all sorts of stuff from, from interesting film terms to this particular sound device, which you'll, you'll hear. And then, of course, all the fun stuff we're watching at the moment. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, this is a shift with Cole and Gad. Did you see that thing yesterday on the TV? How's it, guys? Hello. Hey, Russ. What's happening? <laughs> I just came from the dentist, so I don't know. It sounds like... It might sound like I'm six. Like you're drooling a little. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what did you have done, Gerd? I chipped my tooth, and I don't even know how or when. You don't know how or when you chipped your tooth? Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming it was on a suite. I mean, the odds are definitely The there. odds are high, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what can I say? I, you, yeah, for someone who has a, a musical project called Adventure Man, we've long since made the joke. You're not incredibly adventurous, when like it, in the in the physical adventure sense of the term. Oh yes, it's like far the, more of a metaphorical. Definitely yeah. not adventurous when it comes to food. That's for that sure. That is for mm. certain. Mm. Yeah. I'll, never, I'll never forget Gad sitting next to me, um, eating okonomiyaki in Japan. Well, Gad not eating okonomiyaki in Japan. And me going, Gad, you should try this. He's like, no, I don't want to eat it. <laughs> and I was like, you, you, it's not like sushi where you can get that anywhere and everywhere, anywhere in the world. This is something quite specific. And I actually think it's really delicious. Like it's not something far out. It's like a... I'm sure I did try a little bit of it. Dude, you a... fought me on it. Eventually uh, I was like, Gad, just try it. And you're like, I'm not going to eat it. <laughs> that first, the first time we went to Japan... Like there was this expectation because everyone knows like, I don't want to eat stuff. And then there was like, okay, I don't want to annoy everyone. I'm just going to try everything once. And it took me like almost a month for my stomach to settle. Like after, just like after trying everything. Like I know me, I know how my stomach works. It's I wondered like, why in the later tours of Japan, so often at the restaurant we would get chicken, like fried chicken, like normal Kentucky fried chicken vibe. Yeah. I remember going like, why does Dawa keep ordering chicken, man? Like, I want to try other things. And I was like, oh, he's doing it for Gad. <laughs> I just remembered that. Because, like, every well. restaurant would be, would have some version of, like, a chicken, normal chicken y dish. Yes. But, I mean, economiyaki is so cool. It's such a cool dish. It's such what is economiyaki exactly? It's, it's hard to explain exactly, but it's almost in the realm of, like, a pancake. So there's a batter. And you fry it in front of you. They fry it in front of you, or they can do it elsewhere and then bring it to you on like a hot plate. But it's like cabbage noodle stuff. It's the cabbage for me. In a, in, mm. in a batter so that it kind of turns into somewhat of a pancake. Like he first called it like Japanese pizza. And I was like, it's not quite it's like pizza. It's kind of. It's more like an omelet. But there's a particular sauce, an okonomiyaki sauce, which is very close to like an HB sauce. So it's what they also use on eggs. So okay. it's like, 
So it's kind of like an HP. Yeah, it's, I think it's like an omelette thing with, with some meats in it. Oh, it's so good. I've got a great segue into Japan. Bullet train. Yeah. <laughs> we, we watched it. Yeah. We watched it. Yeah, we watched it together. I mean, I what saw... What did you I think saw, of it? I saw the book outside and I... I, I remember seeing that it was written on a book, but written based on a book. But yeah. after watching the movie, like it's, it's so weird to imagine that that was a book. Yeah, it's like so reading that. insane and ridiculous. I loved it. It was it was so stupid. I loved the movie, it. The movie's great. Mm. Yeah, it's like if Snatch w- was on a Japanese train. There's yeah. like a, there's like a there's definitely like an element of Snatch. Different stories, yes. mistaken positions. That kind of Brad Pitt, sna- yeah, yeah. Brad, Brad Pitt. <laughs> that kind of s- sort of snatchy humor. Yeah, it's got a. And I love the the captions, like uh, when they introduce the characters. What at one point it introduced like an inanimate object. Yeah, just the water. The yes. water, water bottle. <laughs> <story. laughs> it's amazing. It felt like it really understood how it was telling its own story. Yeah, right. The comedy of it, the action, and it all synchronized so well. The pacing, all of it was brilliant. Yeah, I, I think when those kind of movies fail is when they're trying to be something serious or mm. they don't know how silly they are. It's the Charlie's yeah. Angels remake. Yeah. No, yeah. no, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. do you know the do you know who made it? It was isn't it he, he the guy who directed Deadpool two and he was involved mm. with John Wick. He was a stunt coordinator. He's a stunt coordinator. I don't think yeah. he did Deadpool he, Two. This was his he first directed, movie. No, he Deadpool did, two Deadpool and John two. Wick one. Oh, did he? He yeah. co-directed John Wick. Oh, for White. some oh, reason, yeah. for some reason, I thought this was his first movie, okay. and he'd always been a stunt coordinator. He had done a know. couple before. Okay, yeah. But then it makes sense that he sort of sees the world through action. Mm. But like, I feel like a movie like that is as much the cinematographer's movie as it is the director's movie. Yes. Or like between the director, the cinematographer, and the choreographer, because like the way everything just moves so seamlessly together. Yeah. Whew. I mean, like, is is that what a Shinkansen J- Japan really looks like? Or uh, is that stylized for the movie? It's a bit stylized. Shinkai, what? what? The, the Shinkansen uh, is, yeah, the, fu- the, is bullet the bullet train. train. Oh, I've taken it. Okay. I've taken it a few times. Okay. I mean, that's what they look like from the outside. And they are super fast and smooth. So they're impressive, impressive trains. But they're not... Um, I mean, they made a, they gave it a, a cool neon... Yes, <laughs> kind of style. And every exactly. little carriage had its own personality. Yeah. and so you knew exactly where you were as yeah, they were going yeah. throughout the train it's without them having clever. to describe it. But it wasn't far off. No, I mean that's it's, interesting. It's cool. And there is there, there are the quiet cars. Mm. There is such a thing. <laughs> that's not a, that's not a foreign concept for the introverts. <laughs> but yeah, it was cool that the the woman who helped them in that one scene, the woman who worked on the train, was the chick from The Boys. Yes. Yeah. Oh. The mute, um, the mute woman. Who that, was she on Bullet Train? She she was one of the stewardesses, and there's that the moment trolley. where she comes in oh. and they stop fighting and they like order Brad water. Wants water. Yes, oh, <laughs> and then he doesn't have money. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Just when that when that dude jumped on the front of the train, <laughs> I was just like in hysterics. It was so <laughs> stupid. Was that on? Was it in the cinema or was it? Is it just it, on Netflix? It's not on Netflix. Isn't it? Netflix? No, it's in cinemas. Yeah. Oh, okay. how did you watch it? Did you jump it? In, in cinemas. <laughs> <laughs> That's what my one friend said about uh, Rings of Power. Yeah. It's like, it's made by Jeff Bezos. I'm not going to feel guilty about stealing from Jeff Bezos. <laughs> he steals from people all the time. <laughs> I, I couldn't get, like, I think, <gasps> 10 minutes no, in and God. I fell asleep. No. Oh. How far are you? I'm up to date. Six episodes, is, I believe. Is it actually worth okay. watching? You know, I, I think that... I've, 
I read the books and then I've never been much of a law guy. So like one of those sticklers for law. Um, so I don't really understand um, how it's changing at least because they only got the rights to the appen- one appendix or something or the and appendices. And that $250 million. But then they have to fill in all these gaps, right? Because there are things from the books that they can't use. So they can only use the characters that are mentioned in that appendix or something. That's what they call the hobbits, the hobbits. Who's something? controlling oh, this? Oh, they call them um, half-foots. half-foots. Oh, which is, that yeah. explains that. Yes. They so can't use the word hobbits. They can't use the word hobbit. I don't know how that works. It's also like they've got around... Well, I think they're early hobbits. They're not... They're like settled in the shower because at the moment they're traveling. The hobbits are like dark of skin. Yes. <laughs> It's um, also like in this in Sandman, they've had to kind of wiggle a few things around because they can't get licensed to specific DC characters. Whoa! Like Martian Manhunter appears in the comic, but John Jones, but he can't he's can't be in the series. And okay. John Constantine is like a major player in the comic, but um, Constantine in the Sandman universe. Yeah, so now they've because they've got the rights and Keanu Reeves is John Constantine, they've changed it around and she, it's Joanna Constantine playing the oh. same type of character. Oh, Interesting. Which, I mean, yeah. that kind of thing is fine. Yeah, you can. Yeah. It's, it's like but, with, with uh, Rings of Power. Um, I, I don't feel like there's a whole lot wrong with it in terms of what it is. Like if you stop looking at it from Lord of the Rings cinematic perspective or like don't know much about the lore it's still incredibly rich. The world mm. building is absolutely amazing and it's a really good plot. Like so far, Are I'm really enjoying this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've only the watched the first, incredibly real. I've only watched the first episode. Because... Just as that person arrived. Yes. I don't know who that person is. Yeah, none of us do yet. They haven't oh, even revealed it in episode oh, six. Go on. Okay. Yeah, so everyone's got theories. Everyone's like, is it Gandalf? Is it Sauron? Everyone's like, doesn't know. Because, yeah, the, the wizards aren't in the world yet so from what we know. Mm. Um, and it's really cool because they make mention of the things that are spoken about in the Lord of the Rings films in, in like songs or in passing. So like Aragorn shouts out Isildur when he goes into battle or something. And then he's a character in this, one of his ancestors. Um, and then his father, Elendil, oh, he shouts Elendil, not Isildur, sorry. But it's it's absolutely amazing. The How theme song. You? <laughs> <laughs> you should know better. <laughs> it's the Council of Elrond scene. Where he's like, what does Aragorn say? Um, the ring has a great power over us. None of us can wield it. None of us can. And he's got like this bubble in his throat or something, this weird scene. And it sounds strange. That's what you were talking about, right? I don't know. I was just seeing the Conan, <laughs> the Conan nerd voice. Like, oh, no. Like, got it all offended. Because I remember that scene. You're just like, Aragorn, what happened? You have this like deep, gruffy voice. This yeah. is in the Lord of the Rings yeah, movies. Yeah, the Fellowship of the Ring, yeah. He's just got a funny... His voice is a bit funny in yeah, that moment. Yeah, yeah. Never picked that up. Which of the Lord of the Rings movies where the guy eats the tomato really badly? Oh, that's Denethor in Return of the King. It's like <laughs> one of the most this. violent scenes <laughs> ever. No, it's, it's, it's insane. It's just like he takes this tomato and just like... It's oh, when <laughs> um, Faramir, he sends his son Faramir to retake Osgiliath. Sorry, I'm super film Lord of the Rings. This there. is better than my, what I'm going to do. <laughs> <laughs> and then they intercut the scene of them charging towards Osgiliath on horseback with Denethor being served his lunch, and then Pippin sings him a song, like a tragic yeah. song for dark times. Yeah. And then without showing the I've violence... I've watched this movie so many times, but I've got no idea what oh, you're talking about. It's a beautiful montage. Yeah. It's it's the moment, like, as soon as the archers or the orcs in Osgiliath fire a volley at the charging riders, yeah. you you know that that volley of arrows hits all those horses, right? Okay. And you they've set it up that they're going to die. So you know what the stakes are. 
and then without showing them get hit, they just cut to Denethor piercing a tomato with his teeth, and then the uh, red juice I falls down his lips. Yeah. Okay, the, the, the last few times I've seen that, they've cut the other bits out, so you just see this maniac eating a tomato out <laughs> <laughs> of context, which is insane. Oh, what, like online? Yeah, like on YouTube, they've clipped out the parts of the battle, so it's mm. just like... It's got like yeah, with no context, you're like, what is this? <laughs> I know that the the thing the internet loves is the fact that when he kicks the helmet, he he cutters. Everyone's like, "Did you know? Did you know? Did you know?" It's like one of those facts. I didn't know. I was one of those guys. Oh, that, you don't know? Oh, no, I'm oh, aware. Oh god. Okay. You want to well, take this one, Russ? This, I'm what the internet um, is for. The, <laughs> who was it? Aragorn. Yeah. In the one scene, Aragorn kicks a helmet. It's when they find the pyre of burning Urukar outside Fangorn, and they're looking for Merry and Pippin. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then he, so he kicks a helmet. And you can see his anger, but it's because he actually, in real life, on set, broke his toe uh, when he did the kick. Yeah. So oh, everybody okay. sort of knows this is a fact. And then now we're at the point where the internet's like, you know that meme of Batman slapping Robin? Yeah. It's like, we know, we know. Everyone knows this. <laughs> you know, we know he broke his toe. Did they use the Wilhelm scream? No. Otherwise, it's not a they, real it, fact. They did use it in Hobbs Deep, I think. Yeah, okay. they are. They are. I hate it screams. so much. I'm so over that. <laughs> I can't handle it. Every time I see it, it's like, stop. All right, I so if we, get cool. it, we get yeah, it. We you, get it. You get you, it. That we get it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Very quick back of the box. The Wilhelm scream. I think it's an interesting fact. If you've mm. never heard of it, it's an interesting fact. So basically, there's a thing that exists in Hollywood movies, primarily like big budget Hollywood movies, where the sound department will try their best to put in like a little Easter egg, which is called a Wilhelm scream, which is a very particular sound of a man screaming and i think it was named after someone who it was either the actual the character the name was of the, actual, the character or something yeah and so it's become a personal joke in amongst the sound mixes of film because it's not easy to disguise it it's very to, obvious to, yeah. at some <laughs> point in the movie like stick in <laughs> this particular scream and people look for that that noise because yes. you'll find it in not most movies but obviously in many 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 movies there's this mm. particular scream maybe on the facebook group we can uh, we can post one of those videos where they show explain all of them, and then you, and you can see them but it's a fun little easter egg it's like yeah. one of those like i don't know if it comes from star wars episode four but it's when Luke there was a cowboy. There was a cowboy that fell off his horse in okay. an early Western. Very, it was the first the person. The first one was a very B gradey one. Okay, so, I think, so it must I have been ben that Ben Burt sampled it, yeah, ben and then he became the like the god of sound design. Is he Ben Burt? Is someone from Star Wars? He's, He's the, the one Star who made all those sound effects. And is there, is there a Wilhelm scream in Star Wars? Definitely. Yeah. So yeah. in Episode okay. Four, it's when Luke is escaping with Leia on the Death Star, and they have to cross that chasm. And he shoots a stormtrooper across the chasm and then he falls and goes, yeah. it's, like, yeah, it's terrible. It's a weird noise. It's a weird scream. Yeah. It's dreadful. Okay. Um, okay. So we saw Bullet Train. We've been watching Rings of Power. What else is going on in our lives? A nope. A nope. Oh, oh yes. Let's nope. talk about nope. You yeah. So I watched four fifths of nope. <laughs> um, I watched one fifth, but not the fifth that you didn't see. 
We yeah, would have yeah, watched yeah. the same, but then you saw we an additional three each other here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We both <laughs> watched the start. What happened? So I was at Stay Canical, um, and we've been in cinemas a few times together where the power's gone off, and we're so used to it. Because of good old-fashioned yeah. load shedding. You know? Yeah. And so they actually warn you. They say, if if your cinema's hit by load shedding, just chill. Yeah. And it'll all come back. Exactly. But and it's done that every single time, right? Even They'll even take it back like, a, like 10 seconds or so, and then you know where you are. We're back where we dropped off. And the picture and the sound come on. And then with me, just the sound came on and oh, no, no picture. You think with digital, it would, like, this would not be a problem? No, exactly. And um, it was at the climax, oh. at the climax of the film. And um, then for five minutes, we're listening to this, and I saw someone went out, so I wasn't going to go out as well. And the guy came back I love in. How there's always one guy that nominates himself. It's usually me. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, don't worry, guys. I will look after us. I will find a manager. You're used to it, man. Yeah. You're the cinema owner. Yeah. But, um, then but I did it long before I owned the cinema. So I heard the entire story play out, the five minutes that I didn't see. And then it carried on. And I was like, oh, that's what happened to that one character. And then that guy requested that they take it back to so we could see the images that we lost. Yeah. And then it went back. And I was going to go see Friends for Beers afterwards. And... um then it went back i'm like damn i'm gonna be late so it's like an extra 10 minutes and then after that the lights went on the house lights in the cinema just went on uh-huh. like five minutes after that it's like this is chaos yeah. I'm, not gonna, I'm, I'm not gonna sit through this now it's so kind it of spoiled, all, it all came back full. but then the lights were on so it yeah. was a bit weird yeah and then i was like and oh, now we have to go out and fight that you know so i was like i'm done I'm so done. you walked out yeah i walked out i've got to figure out a way to finish watching it but up until that point i felt like it was I'll live stream it from my phone for you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> when you finish watching it, give yeah. me a call. Um, I felt like it was a really, really interesting piece, but like also interesting horror, horror sci-fi um, in that it goes what? in a direction you don't expect. It's interesting. very cool. So someone was, I was having a chat to, to uh, Steve, uh, yeah. good old Steve McKibby from um, Pep Snap and Brunch. Shout out to Steve because I know that he listens. Hi, um, Steve. He he said something really interesting, and which made me want to watch it more. Because in my head, I thought Nope was going to be like a full-on horror. Mm-mm. I was like, I'm not quite sure I dig that. I don't really want to. I don't like the idea of like you're going to be frightened. Yeah, paid like, to come be and scared. watch this movie. I'm like, I'm like, no. I'd rather go into something like Pan's Labyrinth and not have any idea how scary it is, and then enjoy it. Yes, it's more like, disturbing. I don't, than I don't like put it on me. Yes. So okay. he, yeah. So he said something great, which made me really want to watch it. He said it's got like a like a Spielbergness to it. Mm. Would you agree? Kind of. Hmm. Kind of. Coming I don't think someone it's as who's, positive. who's just watched a bunch of Spielberg on IMAX. Yeah. Um. And I, so what I thought, I said that's interesting because when you watch a lot of the Key and Peele, so back of the box of Nope is that it's made by Jordan Peele who was most, well, started his career as a sort of sketch comedy guy with Keenan Michael Key, and they had a show on Comedy Central called Key and Peele. And then he went on to make stuff. Um, what was the what was the most famous? Get Out. Get Out was the most famous and one. And the other one was? Us. 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 Us was but when you, watch those, sure. when you watch those shorts, and you can see most of them on the internet, like on YouTube, just, just search Key and Peele, You'll see that they really understand genre, yeah. and they understand the, the 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 triggers and what makes genres special. Because mm. each skit that they do could be anything from an action movie to a to a zombie thing to a comedy to whatever. So they know 
the devices, they know the buttons. Mm. They know they, they can build the machine, if that yes. makes sense. So it makes sense that he could make very perfect genre movies. Yes. The thing that's cool about it is it's a sci-fi western horror. Wild. Yeah. The western is just, it's set out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, basically. Sci-fi as in <clears throat> aliens arrive. As in existential horror, not cos- cosmic horror. Okay. Um, Lovecraftian in <laughs> that okay. way. Okay. Yeah? Lovecraftian. What's that? H.P. Lovecraft, the author. Oh, yeah. Lovecraftian. Yes. Look at you. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we say Orwellian, like George Orwell. Yeah, I know. It just Orwellian. Sounds, yeah, I know. It does sound It just very sounds like schmancy. something that would come out of a guy that orders an oat milk cappuccino. <laughs> <laughs> I've spoken to a lot of academics. Let's just say that. I order an oat milk cortado. <laughs> it's fine. That's worse than a cappuccino. That's it, more snobby. It's, it's a cortado. Le- it's, le- <laughs> <laughs> it's less milk. It's like a baby cappuccino. It's like in a shot glass, basically. With maybe two what shots they in. were in this one of the South Park episodes, just all these like hipsters were coming and shouting stuff like yeah, Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi. I think that, uh, and they were saying Cortada. Okay, that make it makes sense now. <laughs> I love um yeah, I'm a South Park character. I'm a hipster South Park character. Yeah. Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi, Bluetooth. That's a brilliant arc of South Park. Um, I think it's around season twenty, where um South Park gets gentrified. Oh uh, yeah! Oh, I found that episode hilarious because yeah. it was so it was so, super. It yeah, was so, so it was so similar to Mubbing. <laughs> right, it had you such a mu- it had such a Mubbing. <laughs> just that, that terrible music. In so the that was that was when they 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 open a Whole Foods for the first time in South Park, and then they become snobby. Yes. It's like, oh, we're not this backwater redneck town anymore. We've got a Whole Foods. Yes. And you can just see Kenny outside his house. And it was like, gentrifying and, house. It, and in the advert, in the advert for Soda Sopa, whatever. <laughs> Um, it it rang a little close to home. It, it sounded a lot like the way Mabuneng advertised itself. Interesting. In a view of, of of historical Kenny's house. <laughs> <laughs> so rustic, but retains yeah, and like its... live close to where you work, and that was exactly what Mabuneng was advertising. And Interesting. It's kind of mixed use departments, and <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> horrible. It's like South Park is really good at that. It's, Some, on the, it's very on the nose. Yeah, because yeah, someone totally someone. Uh, uh, I know in, in in New York lived lived in Spanish Harlem, and she said I heard a, a real estate agent pass me on the streets talking to someone, and they call and she they was were on the phone. She was calling Spanish Harlem. She was calling it Spaha. Oh, what? And she was like, no, no, <laughs> this is not going to be called Spaha. Spaha. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. So Soho is south of Houston. Houston is a street in Manhattan. Not Houston. No, it's Houston. Oh wow! Really? Yeah. So yeah. So so Soho as a it, Soho oh. is that kind of real estate, um, okay, pretentious uh, contraction, south <laughs> south of Houston Street. Yes. Or Tribeca's Triangle below. Oh, is something. it? Yeah. So that's that's where all these things come from. That's where all Calgary. the Calgary. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> <California. laughs> it's in New York. So yeah, yeah. the Tribeca. Yeah. Tribe. I know it's triangle below something. Yeah, Dumbo Dumbo is a neighborhood in Brooklyn, which stands for down under the Manhattan Bridge overpass. That's oh. terrible. Here, yeah. Back when people thought Dumbo was good. Fact, fun fact, there was a cinema in Dumbo called The Rerun, which is what inspired or planted a seed of inspiration towards the car seats of the bioscope. Oh, yeah? Yeah, so we heard of the cinema that had car seats as seats. And when I was in New York, I checked it out and it wasn't nearly as cool as this. It was just these little platforms and they just 
pretty much dumped these car seats. It was very small. It was like okay. twenty seated little cinema. Very small but, and rough. And they weren't they weren't even um, bolted fixed, fixed yeah. or anything. And so we actually were like, oh, okay, no, never mind, and didn't think much about it. Yes. Until we had to uh, start coming up with a plan to replace the seats we started with, which weren't working. There were these like church seats that didn't they were falling apart. And then we saw a guy on the side of the road uh, in JP's town. He had a little business, a little hut, like a little house. Yeah. That said like car seats, <laughs> taxi things. And we saw these we saw these black um leather car seats on outside. He was busy fixing them outside. And so we pulled over. And we were like Wild, that is a cool story, guys. And we were like, Hey man, can Did you Did you get all the headrests? Yeah, but people pulled the headrests out over the years. Oh. Yeah. We just every every week would find more and more of them on the floor. So eventually we just took them out. Okay. Um, and we're like, can you give us 60? And he was out of it excited. So it was a nice deal for him. That's awesome. Yeah, because the whole of Mabudeng, like, it was very industrial. There was lots of car mm. fixing places. And where the bioscope used to be, that ground floor used to be a panel beaters. So, like, the oh, front yeah. of the bioscope had all its concrete, like, eaten away from battery acid. <laughs> crazy. <laughs> was, like, these crazy little, like, holes in the floor in the front of the cinema. Wow. Yeah, so it was it was natural that we were going to do something industrial. Yes. And then having seen a cinema do car seats, the, the seed was planted, um, but then we didn't think about it until we saw the car seats yes. in Jeffystown. That's and brilliant. we were like, this is great. Because then it was cool because it was from the neighborhood and we were supporting mm. business in the neighborhood. It was cool. Easy enough That's to move crazy. when you needed to. Yeah, and they've lasted. They've lasted. We got them in 2012. The same seats? Yep. Yeah. 10 years, baby. It's amazing. Do you have Great to treat show. the leather or something? We haven't done anything. One or two of them are a bit screwed up. We should replace a couple of them. It's not mm. difficult to reupholster this. Yeah, time. yeah. We'll, you just we'll take it back to, to the take, guy. You need to like take them out to get done. That's the thing. Yeah. Oh, I see. We've got some replacement. We've got some in the back. Um, I was so waiting. And so we'll get those reupholstered mm. and then replace them. And yeah, we'll get it going. Um, talking about Dumbo and a segue there is the live action Pinocchio. Yes, uh, I've watched a lot of like videos talking about it. I don't feel like I need to see it. Yeah, you don't. Yeah, you gave it one star on Letterboxd. <laughs> <laughs> I think the important backstory here is that I remember watching Pinocchio, like all the Disney classics when I was a kid, like all of us. Yeah. And um, I remember just not enjoying it. And I think now I understand why, because it feels like a bunch of adults that took the opportunity to make a kid's film and then teach them about life inside of that kid's film, but like in a very pointed way. Okay. It's like, like drinking less, is bad. Yes, drinking is bad for you. You must obey your dad. Yeah. Like, you know, don't talk to strangers. If you lie, you'll become disfigured. Yeah, <laughs> totally. I remember my mother watching Pinocchio and she, when Stromboli came on and made Pinocchio dance, I got no strings to hold me down. Um, and she was like, pedophiles, don't talk to strangers, Cole. If they want to, like, show you a sweet what? or anything, she was like, that's a Stromboli. Don't listen to it. Isn't him. the new movie more I was like, like, oh, like it's his the nose growing is like a superpower more than like learning a lesson. Like when he's getting yeah, out they of the don't cage they don't they don't do anything with the lying in this movie. Like lying's not a one of the lessons he learns. Isn't that the whole point of the movie? Yeah, that's <laughs> the whole point of the character. But oh. um, the 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 thing with it though, you guys have watched the Chippendale movie. Yes, okay. I, I haven't watched it properly oh, so yet. Good. So the Uncanny Valley. Yeah. Right. That they get into there. Like, I don't know, because Robert Zemeckis, before this, he, George Miller did the Penguin movies, Happy Feet. Um, Robert Zemeckis did the Polar Express. 
right? Sure. Creepy movie. The Polar Express, and there was another one. Oh, it was the Christmas Carol with Jim Carrey, the CG he, one. Yeah, did he do Be- Beowulf? Yes, he, he did, did Beowulf. Beowulf as well. So, and in that Light and Magic documentary that's on Disney Plus as well, which is that's, amazing. That's so good. I saw it years I wanna, ago. I want to just, just talk about one or two things here quickly. Yeah? So, back of the box is the fact that on Disney Plus is the live action version of Pinocchio, which was made by Robert Zemeckis, and it's got Tom Hanks in it. Yes. Robert just, Zemeckis is the dude that gave us Forrest Gump, Back to the Future, mm. so many amazing movies, and now recently has done and played more with CGI yeah. and, and has made these kinds of, of movies. What was the last decent about. movie that he made, Castaway? Oh, yes. Like, I think that after that, then he just I went all, all like motion capture. I chatted and, oh. a bit to, to Graham about this because mm. we, did, we did touch on the fact that Pinocchio was coming. Mm. He was saying that clearly Zemeckis loves toys. It's yeah. like, it's like right. he's the director that would just love to take on new things and just yes. play. Because he's kind of like proven himself, he's, you know, he just wants to play. Exactly. So if he gets given a toy, which is this kind of motion capture, he wants to make a movie like that. And it's not necessarily the best movie. And it doesn't necessarily age well because no. the technology gets better. I and mean, better. like, that's the thing to love about him. And it's it's like looking at how much he pushed visual effects in ILM with Forrest Gump, right? Um, which was so subtle. And that's yeah. what was so nice. So incredible. But, so then now another movie that you just touched on, which is the Chippendales Rescue Rangers, which is a great movie. Yeah. <laughs> that is also on Disney+. Plus. They make a joke in there and they reference something called the Uncanny Valley, which f- I reckon 99% of the population of this world, 99.9, don't know that term. I didn't know that term. Mm. Where, wh- what is that term and where did it come from? I don't know where it came from necessarily. Um, that's a good question. But what happened with this burgeoning era of exploration into CG, right? Post Jurassic Park into the new millennium with the Phantom Menace and George Lucas like doing a sea change in film production and with the Attack of the Clones making it the first fully digital movie, edited, shot, all of that, came this new way of like taking off the shackles of practical production and special effects, okay. right? So there was this new freedom with digital cameras and everything. That filmmakers could play with. Okay. So, so it the was, second Rescue Rangers was like one of the first movies to bring in computer animation. Oh, yes. You are right about that. Mm. I know the first fully integrated CG character was Sherlock Holmes or something. It was a Sherlock Holmes story. Okay. Yeah. So you'll see it in the Lights of Magic documentary. But what happened was because it was so before its time, like there are so many things that we didn't understand how to animate or couldn't because we didn't have the power. We weren't as we listen to me using that, um, like the technology wasn't as evolved yet. Yeah. And what happened was you, the results were these small little things that were like, hang on, this is supposed to look real, but those doesn't. clothes don't fold right. Like the characters. Yeah, or like the eyes don't look track correctly. Yeah, or they, exactly. They're not looking directly at each other. Or, or it's like about the reflection of an eye that makes it seem dead. You yes. know, and the way clothing falls, the way characters kind of feel like they're floating now in bloody She-Hulk. It's ridiculous how it's still a problem. It's bad. Okay, so, 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 so the term, the term relates bad. to sort of how our natural perception of reality can't be sort of... Exactly. It's like crossing met. the valley from like realism and going to the other side by artificially creating that, but then we can't cross that valley and then it's uncanny. So where you're sitting there going, it's, it looks real, but it's not. 
And okay. it's this weird dissonance that happens mentally okay, where you can't engage. Okay, that's the thought of that term. Okay. Yeah. So is that the term uncanny valley? Yeah. Yeah. So, so, you so when like you can't, there's like one little... There's something about it that yeah. doesn't feel right. So right. when you refer to that, what is the term in She-Hulk? Because I, I still can't put my finger on like what is wrong with that show, but I can't stop watching it. For Yeah, I know. <laughs> me as well. It's just like, it's, I, I'm, I'm getting to the point now week on week just being like, it feels like watching a car crash. And I'm like it's because the other really weird because the like, Miss Marvel like I, I didn't even watch I, I haven't watched this I want to but I think we but, spoke about this I don't yeah. think Miss Marvel was made for you yeah but I mean She-Hulk isn't made for me either technically yeah but I mean isn't. you could watch Ellie McBeal uh, no yeah. I didn't no you didn't okay um, but like with She-Hulk it's so interesting to see normal Hulk Bruce Banner in the beginning uh, with like the integrated Hulk look looking completely believable like looks he looks amazing right yeah and then next to him she hulk i don't know what it is like it's it's either in the textures of her skin or it's in looks weird but it's it's also got the uncanny valley thing where it's like the animations of her mouth are too slow or the reflection in her eyes also feels dead and the animation feels delayed and she looks like she's floating a lot of visual effects artists will talk about floating you mean like not on the ground yeah almost like 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 feeling gravity correctly okay i didn't know what you meant but you know what actually bothers me Mm? that they don't ever show because her thing is that she keeps on like morphing between normal gen and she hulk yes but they never actually show the animation it's always like a cut and and then she's gen and not not even once did they ever show like obviously it's cheaper to do that but it's it's starting to like really like yeah i am Speaking of transforming from one thing to the other and showing the very cool animation, oh, yeah, I watched the movie Luca Ooh. with my niece and nephew on Friday. I didn't like Luca. I thought it was so good. Yeah, it was lovely, and they were, and obviously the whole point of that movie, Back of the Box, is that it's a Disney Pixar movie about uh, sea monsters, these little family of sea monsters, where the young boy Luca much to a sort of similarity of Little Mermaid sort of gets onto the surface and um, and exists in this little town in, in Italy where they have a legacy of sea monsters existing and they want to obviously hunt the sea monsters, but of course he's a sea monster. When, you, when he leaves the water, he transforms into a normal boy. When he touches water, he turns back into a sea monster. So throughout the movie, they, they love to play with this idea of like even him like jumping out of the water like a dolphin like he goes from sea monster to little boy to sea it's monster. really good and it's done so well and it's such a sweet movie and it's a little boy from wonder mm. um Findlay whatever his name is Findlay f- um that's his surname he <laughs> was he was the boy in one in the movie wonder i think he was the uh, boy in room oh uh, and yes. his chummy is played by the guy who was the sort of loudmouth little boy in crutches in Shazam. Okay. So those two are like the main characters. And it's lovely. It's a nice Why movie. didn't you like it, Gav? I, I don't think it's like too much that, 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 that transformation, like when they went from the water to the land, that instant transformation, like I, just something in my brain it bothered me. That oh, it was, like in the world building? So yeah, like that how... it's, it's just like it didn't make sense in this world that they made that it would just be like such an instant transformation. And I, I couldn't... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, kind of thing you just have to accept. No, part of the no movie, I know. Like, makes I know. any sense? Yes. No, I know, but it just, I, I just like felt like it's a slog sweet. up until that point, and I, I, maybe I need to give this it another. Is, watch. This is one of those moments where people say that um, Jurassic Park isn't realistic because the dinosaurs don't have feathers. 
It's a movie about bringing dinosaurs back to life, dude. No, <laughs> no, 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 Toby, no, no, what you mean, but it's just, it's like it's, for the same reason I couldn't watch any of the Cars movies. Like I just oh, no, couldn't, was I could not buy Sorry, it. I hate it so much. It's like one of the only, well, That's terrible. Yeah. until I saw Frozen, it was the only Pixar movie I hated. I think that it's, um, it was, <laughs> once again, not made for you, but like, yeah. <laughs> but like all those other ones, yeah, uh, yeah. To, to a degree. I think that I like, can, it's, it's the, um, We've been talking about the movements towards political correctness and diversity inclusion and all yeah. that. Um, and it feels like Pixar's really taken that in a good direction with Coco and I've seen um, I saw Luca. Turning Red. Turning Red. I like Turning yes. Red. Turning Red is finished. I finished that. I'm enjoying it. Wasn't, it wasn't Plus, great. No. It was good. Dude, I I I haven't had that much fun watching a Pixar movie in a long, long time. It was a Pixar movie, was it yeah, Disney? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah dude. Well, I, was it Pixar? I know it was Disney. No. Does Disney... Disney do, is Pixar. Is there non-3D no, like, Disney movies? That are non, non-Pixar Disney yeah, movies? Yeah, like Tangled. So there wasn't uh, Pixar. Frozen. Uh, Wreck-It Ralph. Big Hero 6. Yeah. Those so are Pixar those are, movies, those but they Pixar. are animated Disney yeah. movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. Um, Turning Red is Pixar. I, that director was having so much fun in that movie. And is a Asian female. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't have many other credits. Yes. She made Bao, which was that really cute short that was also Oscar nominated about the mom. Yes. Who kind of makes, her makes boys little like Bao. Bo- yeah, have you seen it? The mom that treats her boys? So there's a, there's a short. It was, sh- it was one of the Oscar nominated shorts. And um, that w- the director of that short went on to make Turning Red. It's a very cute short. It's on Disney Plus called Bao. Which B A B A O, which is the you know like the the little the Asian food. I've seen this. I've seen all the shorts. The shorts. Yeah. So she makes. Sure she's busy it. making bows. She's busy making these kind of like little dumpling guys, and then um, steamed buns, and then the one um, turns to life and, oh, and, yes, and yes, grows yes, up yes. to be kind of effectively. Mm, yes. It's an analogy of her son, mm, her, her it, having, yeah. a, having her baby mm. boy and turning into a son, and then um, how he sort of leaves her. <laughs> on Disney Plus, and then I'm, comes back and gives her love. Yes, it's very sweet. I'm not sure what it's called, but they had some sort of a program, sponsorship program, where they got directors in to work with the animation studios, and they kind of talk about the movie, and then it's like a six, seven minute movie. Mm. They're great. They, uh, it's like Disney. Yeah, I think Disney anything shows. that sort of grows a, like they maybe use those as a chance to find directors. Mm. Yeah, but um, yeah, Turning Red was her only other credit. That b- bow and turning red. Well, I mean, if you've got a vision and a story and you can convince them. Then sure, but yeah. I mean, a huge Pixar movie. Just, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah. It was so but, much fun. But we are thankfully in that era where the right person's telling the right story. Yes. They couldn't have given that to another no. type of director. It's, not, it's that moment for me as well when all the aunts show up mm. for the family gathering for what, what were they celebrating the Moon Festival? I can't well, remember. So, so they were using the. The red moon, yes, okay, it's part of her transformation. To transform, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and the moment when they show up, it feels like this anime cut sequence where these aunts arrive and they're all badass and oh, they just yes. take over. <laughs> and then you can feel there's like this cultural insight there that another yeah. director wouldn't have been aware of. No, and know? that pressure of the mom, you know, yeah, and just how, yeah, yeah the dialogue pressure to, to succeed and mm. listen to your parents. And yeah, the dialogue around that movie was really boring though. Like in terms of what was happening on the internet, and a whole bunch of right wingers getting offended that Pixar made a movie about periods. Oh, you know, you it was so yourselves. boring. <sighs> it's so ridiculous. It now like they're, it now such... they're going on about a flute. So I mean, oh yeah. 
They need they, they need What's space the to fall. Um, Lizzo. Lizzo played a crystal flute which had never been played before i think it was, it was it was gifted to an ex-president harrison yeah it was like an early early president but so it's, it's a 250 year old glass flute yeah. yeah and she played it and, and Lizzo played it and like did a thing and well, she's a classically trained flautist you know she knows how to handle the instruments the, the singer Lizzo. yeah well, did she do this at like a white house performance so she first did it at the place where they yeah they, she, so she went to the museum where they got like a thousand flutes and she was like playing a whole bunch and then like on stage at her gig that where she was playing they presented her with the flute apparently even more amazing than the fact that she see I can play the flute so like my world is she perfectly fine it's, it's, it's good so, she, so she's a, ridiculous she's a classically trained flautist she's amazing she like plays in her music. Yeah. She plays like a five-fingered flute or six-fingered. And this one that she'd been given was a four-fingered one, which is apparently like basically the equivalent of a guitarist being handed like a 16th century guitar. And so like, yeah, I play this. And then what? being played, it's been made to play in front of tens of thousands of people live. That's how good she was. And she like nailed it. Yeah, and, like, and nothing happened to nothing happened to the flutes. She's yeah. a professional. She handled it perfectly. Like, oh, but she shouldn't be allowed to play. No, she shouldn't Vince, be allowed to play. But like people like Benjamin like, ah, oh, she she just does things like this to get attention and to annoy us. And yeah, and like people are talking about no, no. <laughs> it's this Come on. attack of woke culture and blackness on like American tradition. And you're just like, oh, you just you're just a racist, actually. Mm, it's sad. Yeah, I missed that. When okay, Taylor Swift so played the the other uh, president's piano, no one said anything. You know? Yeah. Uh, interesting. Okay, well, well, I've got one more thing that actually made me laugh so hard on Netflix. There's like not a lot of good stand-up comedy. Nick Kroll from uh, Big Mouth. Yeah. Like I was expecting him to go on and do all these he's impressions. What's mm. it like? It's so funny. It's like proper stand-up, and it's he's like, like Little Big Boy, or what's it called? I'm, a... I'm not sure what the title is. Um, okay, we'll put that in the cash up. But yeah. it's a you know Nick Kroll. Yeah. 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 Yeah, no, he's so. Whenever he's so, I walk into a bathroom with something, I always reference his one character from the TV show, boy. The League. Okay. Where, where whatever is in the bathroom with him, like let's just say it's his cell phone, it'll be like, my cell phone's forever unclean. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's now in the bathroom. In the bathroom. He's like a germaphobe. <laughs> At one point, his like, son comes in. He's like, forever unclean. This is Little Big Boy. Little Big Boy. Yeah, but, but he just talks about like how he was like late to the game with dating and just like the way his body functions it's i, okay. I was just no, in, in tears cool. yeah every now and again you get suckered by that um clickbait where they're like these following celebrities like some of them are really rich and some grew up really poor and you're like okay god now i want to know <laughs> yes. like, who was born rich yeah. who was born poor yeah. so that's, a, that's kind of a juicy thing to read just oh, to no. pass the time Nick Kroll grew up like incredibly wealthy. Yeah, really. Um, something he doesn't, about he does, he doesn't really talk about it, but yeah, you can tell. But apparently, like, super, super loaded. Wow. This is interesting. I can't help but think we, of we, his we character. Most see, we, we mostly see people as like a kind of a rags to riches. I think yes. most guys are sort of little, you know, middle class, you know, normal family. But like every now and again, it's always interesting to see the family. It's like, you must watch Vlingering, and then you can actually see like where in California where the divide is and yeah. that's super interesting. With the co the actual movie. 
Because there's, 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 there's now a new thing. Yeah, I watched the new series. The series is great. What's the series? It's so, a bling ring. So Sofia Coppola made a movie seven or eight years ago about these kids who would just break into like Paris Hilton's house. It's based on a, tr- on a true story. Based on the fact that these kids existed who would just, just walk in. Just, just for fun, figured out they could get into so many famous people's houses. Because they were just what? Orlando Bloom, Paris Hilton, and they would um, like Rachel. dress up in their stuff. They would they, they would steal. Huh? Yeah, and initially it was just like jewelry and money, and and then they'd break in and they took like Orlando Bloom's antique watches. What? And they'd like wear the but clothes. But it was sort of those, more like for steal. fun than it was, you know, as like a criminal means like to an end. Wearing them in public and posting pictures of their clothes on Facebook. What? Yeah, they, they were just kids. Yeah, so the movie was okay. The Sofia Coppola movie. Yeah, the movie it was had, okay. Um, it had old uh, Hermione. Yeah, Emma Watson. Oh, Emma okay. Watson. I watched um, it. It didn't feel like a Sofia Coppola movie. No, it apparently was, it was shot very quickly. And I think she made, banged that one out. Yeah. Yeah. So now there's a Netflix TV it's show called like show. The Real Bling Ring, which is about exactly what so the it's movie a documentary. And there's so much like video footage because of these kids that would film themselves and like TV reports and they got two of the main guys to like actually talk which is so cool okay but then you see like where they live in calabasas in los angeles and it's like they want to be famous you know they want to be on tv and it's just this life they live in the shadows of celebrities it's wild have you guys heard of sophie coppola's new project Mm -mm. which one it's about priscilla presley Ah, Mm. you know how old she was when she married Elvis? Isn't she like 15? She, no, when they first met, she was 14. Fuck. She got oh married God. by about 17, 18. It's like Diana and Charles as well. She was 16, he was 29 or something. When she got married? No, when they met, Diana and Charles. Okay. 16 and? 29. Right? Okay. France? France? No. Mm. No, no, yeah, and you, and you sort of look at like when all the Elvis stuff came out around Baz Luhrmann, and I, I was like, went deep into sort of some YouTube wormholes to see like Graceland mm. and Twitters okay. of Graceland and all that kind of shit, and what was similar, and you know, because they do lo- a lot of the internet then brought out the original comeback special and then the movie, and they put them side by side and okay. all that stuff. And throughout all of that, you're like, Priscilla Presley looks good for her age, and then you're like, that's because she was a fucking child. Wow, <laughs> she wasn't the same age as him. Yeah, she was like four. Yeah, she was something. I always like knew 14. she was a lot. And how old was he at the time? Late twenties. Late twenties. <laughs> it was like a little frowned upon at the time. But more he was frowned the- upon than Jerry Lee Lewis marrying his fourteen-year-old cousin. Oh, no. I'm my word. No, this is so funny. My my one friend um, sends me like a whole bunch of like what effectively are rage tweets, but she sends them to me in WhatsApp when she's complaining about the world and just wants to vent about something. And Who's this? It's my friend Shana. Okay. Yeah, she's so like she has this cutting wit that yeah. is brilliant, and she's writing a book now, which I'm really happy about. I'm like, you have to write a book. She's brilliant. Okay. But um, she was saying to me that I forgot what the point was now. Rage tweet. She sends you rage tweets. Oh, when people talk about the fact that back in the day, you know, men used to be so chivalrous and you could open the car door for a woman without her being offended because we have feminists nowadays, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And they're just like, well, yeah, people used to marry their 14-year-old cousin 50 years ago as well. <laughs> <laughs> like at the same time, yeah. come on. Make a decision. Yeah. Which one? Yeah, men always beat their wives all the time in the 50s. Yeah. That was okay. <laughs> have you seen that interview with Sean Connery? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Fuck. 
Sorry. It's about slapping no, women no. and then like do, would you so take it So it's an back? interview with oh. a famous who was the journalist? I can't remember the journalist. You'll recognize her as soon as you see her. I don't know what yeah. her name is. But then um ev- evidently some news came out about Sean Connery beating his wife and saying, Yeah, I'll beat my wife. And she asked him about this and then he said, Yes, a woman you should do this to a woman in order to like put her in her place and stuff. Jesus. So that's why when he died, it was like, Oh well it's <laughs> no, a woman beater. Oh boo. I had yeah, no idea. boo. I had no idea. That's not yeah. great. It's not great at all. Not great at all. That's like the that's James Bond, man. Yeah. That's the history can now just many like legacy. That's what that stuff is about, man. Connor for me. No, what is it? The Rock. The Rock. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, that's when I think of Sean Connery, I think of The Rock. Yeah, I watched that recently. Those the there was a, there was years. a trilogy. It was Connor, Face Off, and The Rock. Like they okay. All, they all came about the like same time, in the same year. Um, Conair was definitely my favorite. Well, oh. Conair and The Rock are both about Alcatraz. Face Off didn't have much to do with Alcatraz. No, no. Was Conair no, just Nick Cage saying? Conair was just them transferring Weirdly. prisoners. I don't think it was specifically Alcatraz. Oh, you're right. Okay. No, The Rock uh, was specifically Alcatraz. Yes. Yeah. But Conair, oh, I just like when they wrote the message on the dude and then like threw him out and then he like landed on the car. Just the cutaway of the guy going, like, oh, I'm on your car. And <laughs> funny landing. <laughs> it's been a while since I've watched that. I want to watch it again. Because mm. I really enjoy 90s Nick Cage. There's a, load of, there's a load of that on, on Disney+. Plus. Graham was talking about it. Yes. We, we've dedicated some time on this to... Oh, Buena Vista, they distributed. Okay. Yeah. Yes. I'm, I'm busy watching... Um, Touchstone. Encino Man. In South Africa, it was called California Man. Oh, the yeah? Brendan Fraser movie. What? With Polly Shaw. It, ca- it comes up in an episode um, with Fausto that I recorded. Yeah. Where we were wondering whether that movie um, sort of holds up. It doesn't really, but <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's a cool movie. It's one of Brendan Fraser's first movies. He's a caveman yeah, who was frozen him. and they <laughs> thaw him out in California and he like goes to school with them. <laughs> it's pretty lame. No, it's very 90s. <laughs> it's, it's preposterous. It's like a weird science vibes. era. Yeah. Okay. Weird. And and it's one of those things. It's it's kind of haunting as your kind of perception of life when you were sort of sixteen, younger, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, which was considered very normal. And you look back on this now, and you're like, this is so lame. It's like, so dumb. The clothes, the humor. Bio- this was like premium content. Was it more we biodome than weird science? Era? Yeah, no, it's more biodome era. Yeah, yeah. It's it's yeah. Pauly Shaw in his it's it's Pauly Shaw in his Pauly Shaw era. It's Pauly Shaw in California, man. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. He's he's uh, his name is Stony, and like oh, everything is like this. Uh, I'm drawing a blank. Oh, on Paulie Shaw. Weasel, and he does hey the weasel. guys, and he's like that's all that. What are you drawing thing. a blank on? Who Paulie Shaw is? Yeah. Oh my god, he's just got that really annoying voice. Uh, he was a comedian. He was um he was in. Oh my god, Paulie Shaw, son-in-law. Jury yep. duty in yep. the army now. Biodome, no. <laughs> California man. No. <laughs> How many of those movies? Oh Jesus! And, and his mother owns that comment, the comedy yeah, store. His mother was a very famous person in LA. Wait, how it, old were you guys when these movies came out? No, Prime time, like, like ten, like ending of high school. I mean, ending of eight, primary school. We were seven, eight, nine, ten. Uh, I would have been like four. Okay, this is yeah. this is when our age shows up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, super annoying. Me and Gad are the. Old I was probably there. watching Warriors of Virtue at the same time. Yeah. Watching Bakamas from Mars. Yes. <laughs> yes. Wait, how, how old are you now? I'm 31. Okay. No, there's a big 
there's a seven six year difference. Oh, yeah. Is it that much? When were you born? 1990. Okay, five. Five years. Okay. Jeez, my math is bad. But yeah. <laughs> no, um, but then Cole's not how old he says he is. No. <laughs> I'm, Dad's good at sh- quick math. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm 37, so you have to be 32. Yeah, you're 32. You just said you're 30. I said I was 31. I'm turning 32 at the end of this year. Okay. So whatever year I'm in, 2022, at the end of that year, I become that age in December. It's an easy way for me to remember. Because last year I was like, hold my now? 32? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's another little indication of uh, of one's age is when, you, is when someone asks you, you, keeping you like, track. and you're like, wait, hang on, I'm what? <laughs> I got such a fright. That happened to me last year for the first time. It happens was, in your early 30s. I was like, I'm 32. My mom was like, you're 31, Cole. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, 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 no. It, it, it happens in your early 30s. Oh my God. Congratulations. It doesn't get any better. Time no, isn't it gets real, fucking worse. Whatever. Do you know that my birthday this year, last month, two months ago, was me crossing from my mid 30s into my late 30s. So I'm now in my late 30s with 37. Damn it, dude. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of haunting. But you know what? What can you do? What can you Lean do? Lean in, baby. Yeah. I'm getting some gray in my Rage beard. Rage against the dying of the lights. Mm. I've got gray in my beard already. I've got white. I think it looks fucking awesome. I've got a few specs. And people love to rag me. My dad's like, ooh, look at the crew in your beard. I'm like, I think it looks great. Dude, I had a receding hairline at 15. Guys can't touch me with aging things. Oh, shame. <laughs> yeah, it was dreadful. I didn't. I couldn't have long hair. At 15? Yeah. Wow. It's crazy, dude. Oh, well. Yeah. You got a cool haircut now. Thank you. There was, I can't remember what movie it was <laughs> where someone said, oh, you got a cool haircut. He's like, yeah. Do you think Vin Diesel and Jason Statham all were like, oh, yeah, this would be such a cool haircut? It's because like, I'm bald, idiot. <laughs> I'm shaving my hair because I'm bald. <laughs> yeah, it's the preemptive attack on balding. You're just like, I hate hair. Just keep it, it short. That's nah, nah, a privileged statement. Yeah, Kat's got a lot of it. Yeah. It's too much, some I'd say. Yeah. <laughs> not, not me. I do need a haircut. All right. Anyone know a guy? All right, that was myself, Russell Grant, having a fat chat with Cole Matthews and Gad DeCombers. Uh, they are regular co-workers here at the video store, so it's lovely to have them keep coming back. And it's lovely to have you keep coming back. Thank you for listening. If you want to share the love, we are thevideostore.co.za. Pop on over to Instagram. We are the Video Store Pod. And over on Facebook, we are facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the video store. Feel free to uh, get in touch, uh, communicate. It'd be nice to hear from you. Let us know what kind of stuff you're watching, what kind of stuff we should be talking about, and just anything that you're excited about. Any memes you want to share, we're open to everything. We just want to hang out and and talk shit. All right. uh, We will see you next week. Ah!